This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. You are listening to the COVID report. I am your host Siposi Lemboli and we are unpacking everything vaccines and remedies for the COVID-19 virus. And to do that we are joined on the line by Mkulu Zola, a nyanga and traditional healer based in Johannesburg. Thank you so much Mkulu for once again joining us here on the COVID report. And firstly, Africa is seeming to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic better than the developed nations. How are we doing this in your opinion? Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yes, I'd say we are doing exceptionally well, you know, in comparison to the world and that's for multiple reasons, you know, um one being that South Africans we are really not trying to die. We don't have time for that. So many people across our country really observed um the lockdown protocol to the best of their ability you know we've had a lengthy lockdown which has gone over 6 months now you know we're still coming to the end of it now you know and we've had proper ppe everyone has put on their masks put on their gloves sanitized tried to isolate themselves and quarantine in cases where people are sick people have tried to adjust their lifestyles you know eat better um learn a bit more about their body um get in touch with themselves you know the whole thing of being at home i really feel helped many people to slow down the pace of their life which helps them pay attention to their health issues so i honestly feel that overall increased the collective immunity of our society and it made us more resistant some um, towards covid And at the start of the pandemic there were skeptics and questions on the role of traditional medicine in the fight against COVID-19. Where are we now with the integration of traditional medicine as a remedy? Well, today um I'd say that was the case for the first month. You know, um there was skepticism, you know, and we can say that is because of remnants of the past. You know, in the past our sciences were never understood or respected well enough to be understood you know so we were always relegated to a subclass or a subtended form of healthcare um which was not the case because we've always been the primary form of healthcare in the world with the oldest healing modality that existed because the first human is african you know so um today where we stand now you know after a month the government adjusted regulations you know um to include traditional healers i'd say today we've we've, we've got more integrated in the sense that we were able to consult um patients see different people who have or who feel they may have or fear that they have contracted or who have gone through who are going through post care um so i'd say a lot of our medicines also are being used you know um right now some of our medicines are being um studied um in the other universities um such as vets for one for example um to see the the medicinal benefits of these different plants especially against fighting against bacteria you know to combating the covid using traditional medicines now again you know you can see there's much engagement with traditional healers around um our plants and around our practices and around our modalities you know so i'd say since the beginning of covid up until now there's been a greater respect you know an inclusion of traditional healers much work still needs to be done in terms of communicating the message from the top 
um, to the bottom in terms of meaning reaching every single traditional healer about where do they stand. Um, I would say there wasn't much support in terms of getting traditional healers um, gloves and masks and all of those things. We didn't get that type of support, but neither did we actually need it because we have our own ways of sanitizing. We have our own medicines of sense, so we really didn't need it. But I would say we were failed in that regard. Now, Mkulu, what lessons do you think the world can learn from how here in Africa we've dealt with the pandemic? So, first, if we're going to say Africa, then we're not talking about just South Africa as a whole. You know, we're talking about the whole of Africa. What the world can learn from the whole of Africa, you know, is that we are a resilient people. We are truly resilient people and we have answers and solutions, both scientific, both medical, statistics, name the, the, the field, you know, of vocation and we are there. We are there. And I feel for a long time, the narrative is that Africans, and this is what Africans themselves believe of themselves, that we are unable, you know, without first going beyond our own indigenous knowledge. We are not able to be, we are not able to succeed. We do not see the value and the worth in what has been entrusted to us as a birthright. You know, we're the children of our ancestors, you know, and this COVID really showed how Africans, if when they come together, because we were failed by the, the world, the world didn't have a vaccine. And we were like, we're not playing that game. You know, we're taking matters into our own hands. You know, um, you found answers, things that answers to problems that they couldn't figure out in the labs coming from the rural areas, from the bush, you know, from the forest, where apparently there's no knowledge in science, you know, but that's what I'm trying to say. If we undermine, we keep living a life where we undermine, you know, based on race, you know, and nothing else, because the whole undermining is based on race. You know, if race wasn't so important, you know, then we wouldn't undermine so much, would we? We'd accept. But then again, we are humans and we are fallible. You know, so we would find something to undermine about. But what I will say, this COVID showed Africa that we can do. We are more than we allow ourselves to be. And we have to sunk off, I would say, to return and get, you know, and that's what I'll say about it. There is often some fear of the unknown, especially where the West is concerned about Africa and herbalist or traditional healing. We have seen reports warning, for example, people against using traditional medicine, which has been deemed untested. What is your response to this kind of fear and perception of the remedies that are coming out? So first and foremost, I will say, um, as it's always been throughout the ages, if you're going to work with a medicinal plant, you know, which is a medicine, you want to make sure you go and consult a health practitioner and you're guided in the use of that medicine firstly. Why? Because to the health practitioner, the medicine is tried, tested and used and he understands how it's going to affect or she understands how it's going to affect you, you know, what's going to happen in the body, the type of action it's going to produce inside the body and how you need to then go about using the medicine. It's not true to say that these plants are not tested if it's by indigenous common knowledge of African people since 400,000 years ago. So we can't say things are not tried, tried and tested if you've been using them for over 400,000 years. If a medicine you can go buy it in the market that tells you how tried and, tried and tested it is, that it, there's an actual place where it's being sold. You know, out of all the plants that are in the, we've got hundreds and thousands of plants in the wild. 
but there's only a certain amount of plants in the market. And if those plants are in the market being sold, that means those plants are known and have been known for a very long time. And if they're being bought, that means there's someone that knows it and that's why they're coming to buy it. So I'd say it always goes with medicinal plants. You need to always consult a health professional, you know, that understands the type of medicine you're using. I agree with when they put warnings out there because if you don't know um, the dosage of a medicine or how to prepare it properly, then you shouldn't be playing with it because you don't know what will happen to you. First, go seek assistance, consult about it first before you engage in using a medicine you don't, you've never used before. You know, so I'd say that about it, but I, I honestly do not agree that these medicines are not tried and tested. You know, these are the oldest medicines on the earth known to humanity. Of course. And speaking of medicine, have you or any of your colleagues had a patient that was infected by COVID-19? How was that experience and what were some of the things that you did to treat them? So I'll say I haven't had anyone that's treated with um, who's come to me sick with coronavirus. Um, from what I've seen, a lot of the time people are running to the hospital, you know, and I can ex- honestly understand why most people that's how their conditions, that's what their medical aid can um, afford and cover, you know, so people will run to where their wallet will can take them, you know, so most people go to the hospital, also people don't know the, the amount of care they'll need, so people are running straight to hospitals more than traditional healers. We deal with more people who have been in contact with people who have had, me specifically, people who have been in contact with people and they feeling symptoms. So with those people, I've put them through and detox processes, I've administered medicine to them, and they're well, they're fine, they don't have any problems. You know, others I've just guided them, you know, like, no, just do this, do that, do that, do that, do that, you know, and you'll be fine. You know, like I, like I keep saying, this is a, a disease that's obviously attacking the immune system. So I showed people different ways of cleansing the immune, the immune system. The immune system is the lymphatic system. You know, your lymphatic system is your sewage system in your body. It's where all the dead, all the waste, so all the toxins, you know, and mucus, toxins in the form of chemicals, right? And mucus sit, you know, so also dead cells is part of that waste. You know, so I show people how to get their lymph moving. I tell them to try, have a bit of, have this type of diet, you know, a naturally occurring diet in the great combination. You know, I give people different ways of healing themselves, you know, because I honestly feel the answer is in the body. Answer to every disease in the body because the disease started in the body. You know, it's the body that can give you the disease, the body then that can remove the disease. But it's about assisting our bodies in that process. Now, there are fears that we might have more pandemics in the future. Do you think we are better prepared in dealing with them in South Africa and as a, conti- a continent are using what we know now? So I say what I loved about this coronavirus, right, because um, it was COVID, which is a very mild um, type of disease. It's mild in that it's not like tuberculosis in terms of its death rate or HIV in terms of its death rate or cancer in terms of its death rate. It really is mild in terms of the rest of the pandemics that have hit the world in the past, right? And its symptoms are not immediate death, like with more of untreatable symptoms as we've seen with other pandemics, you know, so it gave us, you know, an, op- an opportunity, you know, to see how well we would do against a deadly, an actual deadly 
you know, um, virus that would, if that ever happened, you know, so it showed us that we do have a lot of work to do, you know, um, for example, putting on face masks, right, is not going to help, you know, if you stop someone's constricting breathing clearly, right, because when you've got a face mask, you're recycling this very same carbon monoxide that's supposed to leave your body, and you're cutting the amount of oxygen that's supposed to go into your body. Right, which means you're depriving each cell of oxygen, which means you're killing cells. You know, we have to start finding different forms of face masking. You know, we have to also understand how do viruses work. You know, do uh, when we say if it's airborne, you know, is it really airborne? If it was really airborne, why don't we all have it? You know, so we have to really start being able to define things correctly. You know, so we can better inform the public about what is the nature of the virus, so we can develop correct you know and appropriate you know safety protocols you know like i say um, covid is very mild in terms if we in comparison to other you know um, pandemics which have killed hundreds of thousands of people millions of people in other cases still to this day you know this one is a very very mild one and we're lucky because it's really given us opportunity to see we also got to see how well would quarantining people work you know does quarantining a person work does locking down the society actually work? You know, and we also got to see how, because at the end of the day, when they locked down the society, they just applied an act, an act which had all those protocols, right? And then they obviously made adjustments as we went along, you know? So it helped us to see if that type of approach is even a healthy approach in terms of the economy, the social effects and the consequences, the psychological and the emotional effects on the people you know, the financial repercussions. It helped us to see many things about how well-equipped we are to actually deal with the pandemic. You know, so I would say we are very lucky, you know, and we've got a lot of work to do. You know, a lot of gray areas need to be covered. A lot of gray areas. There's many grievances, people that are aggrieved by what happened um, throughout the, the, the lockdown. You know, there are many grievances both in a political nature or some of a, a social nature, some of a fin financial work, labor-related nature, you know, it was a lot of things have come up. So all I can say is I hope we have learned, you know, we have learned, we've learned from this um, pandemic with all its lessons that it's come to teach, you know, and that we are bet we better equip ourselves you know, for any, for any future pandemics that may come. And COVID-19 has changed medicine and how we live in industries. How has herbal medicine and traditional healers adapted in the time of the pandemic? And are these changes, let's say, consulting through Zoom, going to stay beyond COVID-19? <laughs> so I'll say, um, yes, we've had to evolve and adapt, you know, and... That's the way of the world. That's the way of life, you know. So you found since COVID started, um, traditional healers have had to find new ways of doing, of serving the uh, their, their people. You know, we've had to get comfortable with Korean medicine, some of us. Other people have had to get comfortable with actually starting to have a business and an online business, you know, where they're selling their, their, their products and their services. You know, um, others have had to get comfortable with using, like you say, Zoom, you know, as a medium um, to, to consult on, on some cases. Others have taken their practices to another level where they're teaching on, 
on these um, social media platforms and Zoom platforms. And, you know, so you're seeing a whole new narrative. And the reality is because the younger generation is tech savvy, you know, and because the younger generation is tech savvy, you know, you're now finding uh, a digital expression, you know, for um, traditional healing. You know, so I'd say, yes, it is really good because when you're also at home a lot of the time, you know, and everything's working via Zoom, you know, it opens up your mind, you know, to the possibilities of how it can be done in a new way. And it's brought us to a space where, you know, in the past, um, there was a collective resistance, you know, to evolving in this way, you know, but because of the environment of our country right now, you know, everyone's opened up to the idea, you know. Um, so I'd say, yes, we've had to adapt in that way. Um, I've also seen there's more and more people who are understanding, you know. Um, for example, in this time, you know, people are looking at solutions from the IKS Act. You know, there's an IKS Act that was passed last year. You know, there are people who are looking to the Traditional Health Practitioners Act, you know, to try and find ways to conserve um, the traditional um, knowledge of um, the traditional healers and the medicinal plants, you know. So you're finding these new developments which were stagnated and stuck. You know, you're finding, for example, SAPRA trying to work with SAPRA, the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority, trying to work with traditional healers, you know, to try and regulate the medicinal plants. You know, you're finding all these these new things that, we're stuck in the past, stagnated, now actually having room to happen. You know, so you can see there's a huge shift that has taken place, you know, um, and that's why I say the most important thing is to make sure everyone is part of the dialogue, that everyone knows about the new IKS Act and the new traditional, and the new, how the IKS Act affects the traditional health practitioners act and what are the business opportunities available? You know, the business opportunities are important. I honestly feel that Power looks good on our people, you know, so they need to know about business opportunities so they can be empowered. Because I honestly feel that power looks good on our people, you know, so I really feel that there must be better communication, you know. Um, but like yeah, I've been seeing amazing shifts, you know, it's good to see the leaders of our society pushing so hard, you know, it really makes, makes us have to wake up and actually take charge. You know, so it's really good. It's really, really good. But it also comes with its harshness for those that are left out of the conversation. You know, because a voice not heard is a discussion not heard. Or had, let's rather say. Once again, Kuluzola, thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID report. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really enjoyed um, the session that we had. Um, I wish love, peace, healing and blessings to all the listeners and all the people at home. Um, rest in peace and condolences to all the families that have lost loved ones in this time. Um, I, I pray for a deep, swift and healing morning and grieving, you know, and that you find peace with your loved ones. Marcus. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or streams via www.varfm.co.za.